The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You know the show, you're listening to Rayella Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Chef Julian, of course, is in the Hall of Fame city of Canton, Ohio. And I got to say what matters to me today. I'm so happy to be in the studios today because, ah, uh, yes, it happened. This past weekend, there were some great football games. And, of course, I am so happy to sit here today in the studios in Phoenix, Arizona, at Voice America Sports and tell you that it has happened. He is gone. We beat him so bad, they fired the coach. That's exactly right. <laughs> the Ohio State University Buckeyes, with the help of a left and a right from Woody watching up above, Urban knocked them out completely. Over. Knocked out. I don't know if they got a concussion or not. I really don't care. But the Wolverines, as we know them, will no longer be. They will never again be led out on the field by that guy. And I listen, I met Coach Holt. He's not a bad guy. Not a good football coach for that team up north. He's not a bad football coach, but he's not good enough for that team up north. And so what am I happy about? I am happy that the Ohio State University Buckeyes, I'm going to say defeated the Michigan Wolverines. That's what matters to me. That's what matters to me. And I know it means a lot to Chef Julian. Chef Julian, join me. I know you're a happy man this this uh, Tuesday uh, afternoon after all having an entire weekend of extended football. But the enjoyment of the Ohio State University beating up on, yeah, I'm going to say it, the Michigan Wolverines, even though. We lost our quarterback. So, Chef Julian, was it a, a good game in your eyes? Did the game deliver on what your expectations were? Was it short in any way whatsoever? Are you a happy man today? You know, I'm happy with it. I'm happy with the way uh, they played. I mean, I knew it was going to be a hard fought game. Michigan, of course, uh, they never they never uh, uh, hold anything back against the Buckeyes. They always play uh, 100% even more. They played their best football uh, with the Michigan game. Michigan-Ohio State game, we can always expect their best football, and that's what we got from them. Uh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, one thing, I, I am upset we lost J.C. Barrett, but, uh, you know, I think Cordell Patterson could lead us and uh, can win us the Big Ten Championship a, um, up next uh, Saturday against the uh, Wisconsin Badgers. Well, I, you know, it's interesting because, you know, for some reason, this is what I had. I think, and some people will stop 
and, and really think about what happens. You know, sports is supposed to be one of those things in the world. And, and when it comes to it's a business, if they want to accept it or not, it's a business. And when you bring somebody in in any business, you expect that next person to be able to do the job equally as well as the person who was doing the job for whatever reason. If somebody gets fired on a job, when you replace that person, you expect that the next person steps up, can do that job to the least the same skill set that the person before them, you know, delivered that that, that job for you. If, if not, then it doesn't work. The, the product is not good. Whatever that product might have been, it's just not going to it's not going to sell. Nobody's going to want it. So I don't know. I really don't understand why in sports that people would think that the next man up isn't going to be equally as talented as a previous. I know it's a thing of competition and I know the best person is really the starter from the very beginning. But it is truly one of those things because I've been in, in this position before as a backup when you're a young man and a program you're the lowest guy on the totem pole, but you never know when your time is going to happen and you're going to have to step up. So the fact that Cordell Patterson is, is going to step up and step in and, and have to perform, I'm not, I'm really not, I'm not that surprised that he, you know, the way he performed the other day, Saturday, of course, and I'm not going to be surprised about the way he performs coming forward because for the simple reason Chef Julian, I'm sure you, you've seen many high school kids come out of Canton, Ohio, playing for the Cam McKinley Bulldogs, go on to major universities and, and become very productive players, even go to the National Football League and even to the NBA. But each time they get a chance, you see these young kids, they believe that they're good enough to be the starter. Even when you come, most kids, when they leave high school programs and they go to a major university, if they are top recruits from across the country, the coaches have made them almost feel as if you could step in for us next year. Maybe, maybe we had Brandon Miller, maybe Braxton Miller. Maybe we weren't expecting Cordell to have to step in and be our starter. Because, you know, because there's JT Baird in between that. And he knew that. I mean, these two guys, here's what everybody needs to understand. I believe that JT is a red shirt sophomore. No, right, no, yeah. he's a redshirt freshman. JT is a redshirt freshman. And so Cordell is, is a freshman as well. These are two guys that are on equal career path in terms of their experience in school. So I, th- I don't think there's going to be that much of a drop-off. I really don't. And, Chef Julian, I'm hoping that you and, and, and you're there in Ohio so you can give us a little bit of the feeling that the people in Ohio, you know, are they really that much – taken back and really concerned that he can't get the job done or are they really believing that this kid could possibly step in after all he's from right up there from cleveland and you know they manufacture up their take in senior he's manufacturing quarterbacks and, and athletes uh from glenville up there so w- what do you think the, the the temperature is of the fans of the buckeyes there uh in ohio do they really believe we can get it done you know, a lot of these, a lot of the fans, they're they're very taken back by this uh, JT Barrett injury. Uh, of course, he broke his ankle, and uh, they they think that there's the season is over. But I, I, some, most, some, not most, but some, they think that the season is over, and I don't think that's the truth because you gotta you gotta think about it. JT Barrett had to uh, had to step in for Braxton Miller before, and not only that, he did not just do as good as Braxton Miller; he surpassed almost all of his records that he set the previous year. So I think that when you think about it, 
having a backup come in for the Buckeyes isn't that bad. And let's be honest, the last, and I'm just going to throw this out there, last person to come from Glenview or uh, the high school that he came from. He won a Heisman Trophy. The, uh, Buckeyes was Troy Smith, and he, he won the Heisman. Just that, that's exactly right. And so, uh, you know, I, I know that I, I saw an interview on TV and, and Troy Smith was actually talking about the performance of J.T. Baird prior to the game coming on. And, and he was praising J.T. Baird uh, for the way he had performed. Uh, and he gave him credit for the fact that he came out of Texas and he brought a Texas swag to the team. And I just want to say this. I, I want to say that you yourself, Mr. Smith, you brought a, a swag, a Cleveland swag to that position of quarterback. You you won a Heisman Trophy as a quarterback for the Ohio State Buckeyes. And this young man does not want to let you down. See, that I, I think a lot of people have forgotten the origin of where this young man was inspired. He was inspired in Cleveland. He was inspired by Troy Smith. He won a Heisman Trophy. You can believe when this young man, Cordell Patterson, was being recruited by the Buckeyes, he saw the Heisman Trophy with Troy's name on it. He even saw Troy many times. He saw him probably back in Cleveland. He certainly saw him down in Columbus. He certainly saw him on the field. He certainly saw the Heisman Trophy. He saw somebody that he knew, somebody he believed in. And he said, you know what? His eyes has been on that prize his entire high school and college life, the short college life he's lived, that I want to be like that man. Not so much that I want to be like J.T. Baird. Not so much that I want to be like Braxton Miller. He has been striving to be like the man, like you said, Troy Smith, who won a Heisman Trophy. So you can believe they might even have Troy on a retainer this week. And he might even, you know, Cordell might be sleeping at, at, at uh, Troy's house or Troy might be sleeping at, at Cordell's house. But I bet you if it were me this weekend, I, I would have him as an interim coach. I mean, I think we're losing this in the whole mix Chef Julian, I'm glad you brought it to the attention of the listeners out there. And in case you guys would like to call in, 888-346-9144. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. Of course, I got Chef Julian with me from Canton, Ohio, and we're talking about the Ohio State Buckeyes and how they beat up on that team up north, uh, the Michigan Wolverines. And now they're faced with a situation where they have a new quarterback for the third time this year, uh, Cordell Patterson, who is, of course, a freshman and is asked to step into a championship game. Chef Julian, if you had to write a movie script, you think you could write one like this for a young man to get the chance of a lifetime? Can you write something that good, Chef Julian? Uh, you could, but I don't think anybody would believe it's a true story. It, it, that's exactly right. And so just think of that. that. You said that. Nobody would think. I mean, we've seen Rudy on TV. We've seen Friday Night Lights. Isn't this another one of those movies in the making? I mean, really think about this. We've got this happens in the National Football League. But when you lose quarterbacks, you don't find yourself down to your third quarterback playing in the championship game. You that normally just does that. This is a story in the makings. And I certainly hope it's a blockbuster. It's a blockbuster, without a doubt. And if it ends the way we hope and pray that it ends, and that's, of course, with the Ohio State Buckeyes winning, uh, it'll go down as one of the greatest, if not, uh, I think, 
and I'd like to hear what you say. I think it'll probably go down as one of the greatest seasons ever, uh, Chef Junior, for the Ohio State Buckeyes, you know, short of a national championship season being undefeated. Uh, this certainly has to rank up there with uh, one of the greatest seasons of all time. I know in 79, again, not to toot my horn, but my teammates' horn, uh, that we lost. Woody Hayes was fired in the very next year. Uh, Earl Bruce came in with a remarkable season that will be remembered forever uh, because that team went undefeated, went into the national championship team, championship game against USC on New Year's Day 1980. We lost that game 17-16, but it was a spectacular game. Uh, Do you think, Chef Julian, that this season – uh, if it ends with a win for this, uh, for these Ohio State Buckeyes to be champions of uh, the Big Ten as we know it, uh, is, is this one of the greatest seasons of all time in your opinion? Oh, I definitely agree. You know, uh, they've been set back so many times uh, with uh, injuries. First, the injury to Braxton Miller. Then it was the loss to Virginia Tech. Then, uh, then it's the injury to now it's the injury to JT Barrett. And not only that, they have uh, uh, the the suicide of their uh, defensive tackle uh, is now coming out to, in the news, and uh, it's sad to hear. And thoughts and prayers go out to that uh, to anybody associated with him. Oh, that's exactly right, Chef Julian. What we're going to do is we're going to take a break, and uh, on the other side, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the young man, of course, who lost his life, uh, battle in which he was he was having with himself, and we know nothing about it. We'll wait for the facts to come in, but we pray for him, for his soul. And for his family. You listen to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. Chef Julian from the Hall of Fame city of Canton, Ohio, is on the line with me. And we'll be right back after this break. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. You bet.com's playing to win presented by the daily racing form. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the daily racing form or click on playing to win at you Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You hear that music, you know the show. You listen to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. What matters to me, of course, is the Ohio State University, the Buckeyes. They beat that team up north, the Wolverines. Beat them so bad, of course, with the help of a left and a right overhand uppercut 
by Coach Woody Hayes that was demonstrated by, of course, Coach Urban Meyer. Knocked them out completely. Knocked them out so bad, of course, they had to start searching for another coach. So, and I don't mean this facetiously, but we, on his way to go wherever he's going, we reach, we, we hope that Brady Hoke lands on his feet. He enjoys a wonderful life. He will never coach for the Michigan Wolverines again. Uh, sad, but true. Short, but so what? He's a good man. I'm going to give him his respect in that regards. But speaking of giving respect, something I always like to do, I, and, and pardon me for not doing it at the very beginning of the show, we've lost a number member of the fraternity. And this time we've lost a member of the fraternity from, of course, the Ohio State University. Many of you seen it. Many of you heard about it. Um, a walk-on uh, offensive tackle, I believe he was. He was a, a wrestler as well there uh, at Ohio State University. Uh, a really tragic story. You know, parents hearing sons in trouble, you know, hours away from the son, not able there to get there to help him, you know. And the next thing that they hear, uh, their son, of course, has, has taken his life, allegedly taken his life. It's kind of hard for me to believe from where it was reported that it happened that way. But I'm sure there'll be a thorough investigation. But at this time, what we want to do, what I always do when a member of the fraternity goes on to a, a much better place, and that is in heaven, of course, uh, we pray and we have a moment of silence. So a moment of silence, if you will, for Costa Kara George, former Ohio State Buckeye, offensive tackle, and a former wrestler as well, who allegedly took his own life. Um, and the Buckeyes, and, uh, in memory of him, and honoring him, doing the best they possibly could to go out and win a great football game. That won't be enough for his mom and his dad and his family. But we're going to pay the respects the best way we can. A moment of silence, if you will. All right, Costa, God bless you up there, man. You make sure that you uh, tell Coach Hayes I said hello, and uh, we appreciate that, that left in that right upper hand that he gave to our young Urban to go ahead and knock, you know, Brady completely out and out the box and off the team and down the road, and who knows. <laughs> but uh, it happened. The Ohio State Buckeyes, of course, beat the Michigan Wolverines, and uh, with the, with, with the out, uh, the help of one of their teammates to cheer them on, He's in a better place now. We'll continue to pray for him. But uh, let's come back, Chef Julian. Uh, I really want to stay and talk about the Buckeyes so much, but but there's so much happening in the National Football League, and I gotta I gotta you know jump into that a little bit because I, again I I hate to be a homer. I only get to be a homer a couple times, and you guys know me. If if, if the Philadelphia Eagles, the Cleveland Browns, or the Ohio State University. Uh, Buckeyes are playing or the Ken McKinley Bulldogs, I'm going to have to step up and deliver a good portion of the show to address those issues. So I did that a little bit with the Ohio State University. I also want to let all you know, I got a couple extra pounds on me today. Uh, Chef Julian, you would have been proud of me. The food was good, and I ate my portion and a little bit of somebody else's and somebody else's and somebody else's. <laughs> and uh, I'm looking forward to coming to the Hall of Fame city and see what the chef will be cooking for Thanksgiving uh, there in the city uh, that is, ooh, like no other. But let me tell you about my Thanksgiving. I sat in the stands of one of the greatest football arenas I've ever seen in my life. I will have to give the credit to Jerry in Jerry's world. It, it does not come short of delivering what your expectations were. 
uh, when you walk into that stadium, you are in Jerry's world. Beautiful stadium, not a bad seat in the house. Great seat, of course. I, I you know, I'm, I'm privileged. I was in a section. I, I knew I was out for a good day. I was in a section that was section 427. For those of you out there who don't know, if you play numbers, I don't know anything about that. But I tell you what, 427 is my birthday. I knew, I knew I was in for a good game. Chef Julie and the Philadelphia Eagles did the same thing those Ohio State Buckeyes did to that team up north. They knocked the Cowboys out the box, left, right, overhand, offense, defense, special teams. They just look good going into that game. I mean, you're in Dallas. <laughs> you know, everything's on the line. I think the Cowboys had to be three-point favorite just because home field advantage. Was it disappointing? I mean, did Tony Romo, was, can we just blame Tony for this game? Or, you know, is this a, was that a total team loss, which I think it was a total team loss. But I'm curious from your perspective, watching that game, watching the Cowboys, you know, time and time again come up short. Is, is it frustrating for a team that supposedly has so much talent to under-deliver all the time? What can that possibly be like? What do you think if those Cowboy fans are thinking with a game with so much on the line, it's still stinging them to have that kind of performance against the Philadelphia Eagles with so much on the line. The fans have to be disappointed. I'm curious, what do you think about that? Well, I was I was thinking about this, and I was just thinking how crazy it is. They only had four, four days, maybe, to uh, rest and get ready for this game. But it's crazy to think in those four games, in those four days, the Philadelphia Eagles came to the game, and they were more prepared. I think it wasn't that the Cowboys flopped or the Cowboys just fell fell victim to the to the Eagles and everything. I just think the Eagles came in more prepared. They played their game plan, and after they took a right of a big lead, the Cowboys just let it let it all slip away after that. And one thing that I didn't get a chance to see, uh, of course, because uh, by this time I was in traffic, I did not get a chance to stop by the locker room to do any interviews to talk to any of the guys. Uh, I want to shout out. I got a shout out to Najee Good. Of course, Najee took care of me and, uh, and, and, and good family friends. I was sitting with the enemy uh, on my wife's side of the family. Uh, my brother-in-law, my two uh, nephews were there enjoying the game with me. And uh, I can just say this, Chef Julian, sitting there in that stadium, uh, those fans, I think they agree with you. The fans came The fans came to the game prepared to give the Eagles fans everything they came there expecting. They came there to beat up on us, on the scoreboard, in the cheers, in the chants, in the paraphernalia. They came prepared, and the team act almost as if they ate their turkey the night before the game and they just did not have that type of energy and that sense of urgency. I, I don't think they played the 60 minutes. They, they just did not give it, give their all. And it was just, it was amazing to me. I didn't see people flying over the ball. Uh, I mean, flying to the ball. And one thing that I was, I was disappointed. I'm curious as to maybe you saw some of the post game interviews. I, I thought, of all the games, I thought that might be a game where Des Bryant might get beyond emotional because how many times was he targeted? Very few times was he targeted the whole game. Uh, yeah, that that was another thing. Our secondary has been not, let's say, mediocre for the for the full season. Uh, I I earlier in the shows earlier shows I said that our defense 
the Philadelphia defense isn't that great. But I didn't take into the fact that uh, Chip Kelly's offense is way too fast, so they're on the field more than anybody. So that's why they give us so many yards. But they they managed to stop Tony Romo in that offense, and that's something that a lot of teams have not been able to do in recent weeks and actually all season. Well, another thing what, what happens, what I think also what people have a tendency to overlook, when the Philadelphia Eagles are on the field and, 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 and they make this analogy of how much time their defense stays on the field because their offense is so fast, it's not so much that the offense, what the offense does, you know, hike the ball faster than any other team in the National Football League, but they still have to cover the same amount of distance. And it's not so much that they hike the football so fast. The time really laps so quickly because it doesn't take them a long time to score because they matriculate the ball down the field at a much quicker space than any, if space, I mean, I'm sorry, not space, but pace than anybody else. They, they, they get these, chunk, these huge chunks of yardage. That's why they find themselves in a position not too many times in third downs, you know, because they're getting first down, second down, first down, second down, first down, first down, first down, first down, second down, touchdown. That's what's happening to the Philadelphia Eagles. They're moving the ball down the field. Now, other when they get the, the reason why the defense is on the field so much longer is because when the other team gets the ball, they're not moving at that pace for one, and they're getting smaller chunks. The defense is not giving up. The Philadelphia Eagles is not giving up those big chunks of yardage. So the, what they got to do is they got to stay on the field and play more plays. I mean, after all, just think about it. If all of a sudden you step on the field, somebody runs an 85-yard touchdown, that's just one play in 85 yards. Doesn't take any time to be on the field. You're right off the field, and your defense is right back. So I, I, would, I would say this, too, and I'm, I'm, I'm loving what I'm seeing with the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, you, you got to think about it. The Philadelphia Eagles. We just got finished talking about the Ohio State University playing with a backup quarterback. The Philadelphia Eagles, after Mark Sanchez being so, so bad, comes back and looks like he's a Pro Bowl quarterback. What was the performance like, Mark Sanchez, when you saw it? Uh, was it uh, a little bit more encouraging for you this week? Uh, yeah, it was a little bit more encouraging. More encouraging than uh, the last, maybe, uh, the game against the Green Bay Packers, which was very discouraging. But uh, overall, he's been kind of good. I, I mean, against the Titans, he was, like, lights out. And against the Eagles, he just could not be stopped. And that's another thing. Uh, if uh, As long as we keep, uh, he keeps playing like that, um, we'll be good until Nick Foles returns at the end of the season, at the end of the regular season. I, I got to say, one of my most enjoyable moments of the game is when, when, when uh, I saw Mark Sanchez on a read option keep the ball and run around the corner. Uh, I believe he ran it to his right side. And he he was laughing as he was running because he knew he had he did not have the speed uh, to outrun the defenders and uh, but he but he fooled everybody he fooled everybody he just didn't have the speed to go anywhere uh, but it looked like Mark Sanchez was very relaxed and he enjoyed the game and I, I'm one of those individuals that I believe in Mark Sanchez after all he won for the Jets the Jets was in that conference they still up against New England a couple times a year Mark Sanchez. You know, maybe has not won a championship in the National Football League. He's won a couple of divisions, I think, or tied for that division. Certainly made the playoffs. 
So Mark Sanchez is not a guy that's gun shy, that doesn't think he can win. He was going up against Tom Brady every year. Uh, I think they were get, they got a couple of games in there against uh, the Green Bay Packers. So it's not like this is a man who's afraid of the best, and he can play his best when he's up against the best, just when he was up against that bad man a couple of weeks ago. I don't know what happened. But listen, it looks like we've got to take a break. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix. Living like it matters. The Ohio State University Buckeyes beat that team up north. Chef Julian is with me out with the Hall of Fame city in the background. He's looking out the windows and see the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Woo! We'll be right back after this break. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You know the show. This is Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters with the Chef Julian from the Hall of Fame City on with me. And of course, what matters is the Ohio State Buckeyes knocked out. I understand there was an overhand left and an uppercut right by, of course, uh, the coach, if you will. And he has done an excellent job and uh, re. Uh, reminiscent of Coach Woody Hayes, Urban Meyer just knocked the opponent out. And now they will be playing in the championship game uh, against Wisconsin in Indianapolis, Indiana. We wish the Buckeyes well. We also want to uh, pay homage to the family, send all our prayers to uh, the family uh, of Costas Kara George, uh, who took his life allegedly and is in a better place, but still riding with the Buckeyes. He and Coach Hayes will be there in Indianapolis. Uh, but let's get back, of course. Uh, I, I want to talk a little bit. There. You know, we talk about Mark Sanchez. Let, let, let's talk a little bit about Rex Ryan. Now, Chef Julian, I don't know if you got a chance to see it, but they took the liberty of, of showing 
the transformation of Rex Ryan to the man he is today in terms of his weight. And he has lost a lot of weight. The man, I mean, the man has lost a lot of weight. When I knew him as a young man, of course, when Buddy Ryan came in as a head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles in 1986, uh, Buddy decided to run me out of town, ran me to Cleveland. And, of course, uh, the two twins spent some time in the summer there with training camp with us. Uh, but he's been a big man most of his life. And that's a lot of weight on him that he lost. But I'm sorry, Chef Julian, he may have lost the weight physically. But the, the weight that still remains on his shoulders of the pressure of that job, I think he's just going to succumb to that. And I, and I think Rex's days may be over with. I saw the tears almost. There's no crying in football, Rex. But you're crying about something that I understand. And, and you're not literally saying it, but, but we, we understand the tears. We see the emotion. We see the pain. Uh, we see the performance of your players we just spoke about Mark Sanchez, your players, Mark Sanchez, performing well, performing like a Pro Bowl quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. We see your pain in one of your players, one of the most outstanding cornerbacks in the National Football League, and that's Revis up there performing well for the New England Patriots. We see your pain and we understand the pressure on your shoulders when we look at Camardi. Uh, performing well for the Arizona Cardinals. So we kind of understand it, but there's no crying in football, Chef Julian. What does Rex Ryan need to do instead of crying about what he doesn't have? And, 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 and you can see it. And, and, and not only the weight that he's lost, he did that because, of course, he wanted to be more healthy, but it appears it's heavy for him to find words. He, he, he couldn't even find words, the, the, the proper words. There is no proper words for what he feels is happening to his team or has happened to his team. It's been devastated. Should we give Rex a pass on this or is this a result of a lack of good coaching or is this the personnel people just losing their mind, getting rid of some of the best football players in the National Football League and still expecting this man to win? Well, you know, he needs to just give up the play calling and the offense to someone else because his, he has a defensive. He's a defensive-minded uh, coach, first of all, and his defense has always been very, very good. But he needs to stop co- trying to coach the offense too. He's not good at it. He needs to give up the uh, coaching to someone else. And uh, well, he's got honest, an offensive coordinator there, doesn't he? He's got a pretty doesn't he? He's got an offensive coordinator there. Of course, you know, uh, no longer is uh, Marty Schottenheimer's son there. He's no longer there. Uh, the offensive coordinator's my name is slipping my mind at the time, but uh, I thought he handed that off to him, and it just it's just I don't think the weapons are there on the team. There's some. But I just mentioned three guys right there that at least when you think about their season, he's got three guys that are having pretty close to certainly seasons that are worthy of Pro Bowl consideration. I mean, what Sanchez is doing, I mean, in the NFC, those records that those teams, you know, uh, well, maybe, um, you know, Russell Wilson's doing, you know, quite well in the NFC. Of course, uh, that bad man Aaron Rodgers is is the number one quarterback in, in the National Football League. Uh, so, and both of those two guys are in the NFC. So maybe Pro Bowl, maybe not Sanchez. But Sanchez is playing just based upon the statistics. Let's not talk about his ability and how his team is winning and where they are. You know, obviously we know they're in the top 10, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. So Sanchez is playing extremely well. I mean, what do you expect Rex to do 
with the offensive court, even if the offensive, somebody else is calling the plays. The talent, you've taken his talent away from him. Should we hold him responsible or should we give him a pass and let him coach again next year and, and perhaps maybe upgrade the talent? I don't think he should uh, uh, coach next year because as much talent as they're going to put on that team, they're going to find a way to lose games. And as, as if I was Earth Ryan, I'd just leave. I'd just step down as coach at the end of this season. I just wouldn't even uh, think about it. And so, you know, and so what you're saying there is actually you're asking him to quit. I mean, you're asking him to quit. you got to be, you know, that's one thing that I heard one of the guys say uh, earlier today in terms of what a coach has to have the ability to do. That even when you look around you and see, you know, really there's nothing for us to play for in terms of we can't make it to the playoffs. Uh, you know, we could possibly be spoilers. But really the season's over for this team. But you've got to find a way to motivate your players to play 60 minutes, to play every play as if the season is on the line. That's Rex's job now. It's not to look defeated. I don't want to look at somebody that looks defeated, you know, that he, that he can't figure it out. Because if you're our leader and you can't figure it out, then how do you expect us to figure it out? So I guess when I look at it from my perspective, I think Rex has been defeated. The season's not even over yet, and Rex has been defeated. The season's not over, with, and Rex doesn't even feel like, man, we were so close in all these games. You know, you know next year we can right the ship. I think right now Rex feels defeated, and he may have done what you're suggesting already, and he may have given up. He, he may be one of those, and this happened in the league here. The last few years, or let's say a couple years ago, there were a couple coaches that were fired before the season was over with. Could you see that happening, that Rex Ryan could possibly be fired before this season is completed? Uh, yeah, I could definitely see it. I'm, I mean, this this – the Jets team has become a joke in the last few in the last few weeks, especially the way they play. Well, you know, it's interesting because I think Rex said something, you know, similar to that about this is a joke. You know, we can't we can't can buy a win. You know, and, and you don't have to buy. You have to prepare to win. You you have to expect to win. You have to prepare, and then you have to approach that game that you expect to win. And then, of course, you know you you've got to execute as well. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that, that they can get it done. And if they don't, then, of course, uh, we may have to, you know, look for another coach up there in New York. And I think there's a guy that many people are saying could possibly end up in there. And he could end up at that school up north, and that is John Harbaugh, you know, or Harbaugh, whichever. It's a Harbaugh brother. One of the Harbaugh, you know, 49ers coach could end up in New York. Do, do you see that happening, that he could possibly end up in New York or, or, or with the Raiders or, or with that team up north, the University of Michigan? If you're hardball, where, where do you want to stay? Do you want to stay in New York? I mean, do you want to stay in, in the Frisco? Do you want to go to New York? Do you, do you want to do you want to go to the Raiders? Do you want to go to Michigan? It's your choice. What do you do if you're hardball? See, this is, this is one thing I don't get. They're, fi- they're going to fire – most teams fire a coach for not being successful. But Jim Harbaugh has been nothing but successful for the uh, uh, San Francisco 49ers. I mean, the only thing he hasn't done is won them a Super Bowl yet. And I think if, you, if you're really at that point as a 
head coach, there's really no need to fire them because I feel like that Super Bowl is coming soon. I'm going to give you another example. Andy Reid gets fired out of Philadelphia. Same kind of scenario or different scenario? That's a different scenario because Andy Reid, they were expecting Andy Reid to be fired because he did give up. uh, He had had a couple of unsuccessful seasons where they have went 4-12 or 5-11. And that's a, a lot different than Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh has not given up a uh, has not given up a losing season for this uh, San Francisco team. It's not been nothing but winning seasons for this team. I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to look that up, do some research on that Andy Reid because Andy Reid during his tenure with the Philadelphia Eagles was one of the winning. He's still one of the winning coaches in the National Football League. I I think they it was just you know of course Andy had the issues with his son off the field. But I think they just, you know, they went to four NFC Championship games, you know, two, I think, well, one Super Bowl. And I think it was just time. They, they just needed a change. They just felt like it was time for Andy uh, to move on. But I think his record certainly was such that, you know, he earned the right to keep his job or, or make the decision to move on. But but he was fired. But I, I, I believe what you're saying with Harbaugh, I, I think they could take him. But it, there's so much, you know, why is there so much – conversation about, about around a man who's winning you know year after year after year there has to be something else that we're missing that his job is coming up every year and a discussion about somebody who could possibly be fired oh there was silence there chef julian so that i'm i'm i'm, I'm guessing that you're like most people you can't really say why there's no justification in it um and it could be a personality conflict, perhaps with him and the owner, or he and the G- him and the GM. It's, it's it's an internal situation because externally, the fans I think are somewhat happy. Haven't got that Super Bowl victory, but competing, putting a good football team out there, never really making them look bad. The fans look bad. Got a brand new stadium, you know. It just seems like everything should should be, you know. Ooh, we wow, and not that mm, it's time to get rid of Harbaugh. Uh, so I'll tell you what, what we're going to do is I'm just going to ask you that question. Does he, the one job that I'm really interested in, does he take the Michigan job if they offer it to him, or does he not? Um, I think, I, I don't think he should take that Michigan job. And that's a great job, Chef Julian. You know that college coaches are paid very handsomely, a few of them more than NFL coaches. I think they would make life very comfortable for him. Wouldn't Certainly wouldn't have the pressures after every season having a discussion about his job being secure. And he could, uh, you know, he's a superstar. He's, he, he adds that little glamour. He has that celebrity to that Michigan job. Brady Hoke didn't really bring that to the table. I mean, Harbaugh's, you know, he's been a Super Bowl. Imagine him recruiting, you know, in the living rooms of, of players across the country. I think, I think that could be quite impressive. And, and I, think that, uh, I think that might sway him. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Harbaugh ends up at the University of Michigan next year. I think they'll just make him an offer he just can't refuse. And uh, I'll look forward to beating up on him just like we beat up on the other guy they just got out of there. Hey, it's time for us to take a break. You're listening to Real Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Chef Julian from the Hall of Fame City is with me. We'll be right back. And, of course, we're going to discuss those top 10 NFL teams. We'll be right back. 
internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Ray of the Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Chef Julian is with me. Our Hall of Fame city of Canton, Ohio, what matters to me and to us, including Chef Julian, is the fact that the Ohio State University Buckeyes knocked out the Michigan Wolverines and find themselves sitting right there to play for a Big Ten championship as we know it. And, of course, they'll be playing with an inexperienced quarterback, uh, but a young man who has all the confidence and support in the world. And we'll be watching him. We'll be praying for him because we certainly don't need. Now, I mean, what I'd like to know is who's his backup. <laughs> because, uh, and I think we got a glimpse of who's the backup. Uh, the young man stepped in there. Again, having one of those football moments. Can't remember. But uh, lined up in the Wildcat. Had been a quarterback in high school. And uh, now a wide receiver for the Buckeyes. But we, we got some talent. You don't know what to expect from the Ohio State University Buckeyes. Uh, we also uh, want to pay homage and honor to the family. Um, of course, of the young man who took his life, uh, Mr. George uh, Costa Kira George uh, from the Ohio State University. Uh, the team uh, played a game very uh, heavy hearted with uh, the young man taking his life. But uh, in honor of him, they went out and won a good football game. So uh, let's go on, if we will. Um, already talked about that uh, Ohio State-Michigan game, a great game. Talked about the Eagles beating up on the Cowboys. Talking about Harbaugh, if he end up at the University of Michigan uh, or not. Uh, we talked about, of course, the Buckeyes uh, losing J.T. Baird in the game and Cordell Patterson uh, stepping in. Uh, we also asked Rex not to cry. Rex, there's no crying in football. We understand. We feel your pain. The heavy shoulders, we see it as we see those uh, t- those stars of yours performing on other teams. So now, it's, of course, it's time for us to, to address those top ten teams and and then at the end, of closing, I'm going to talk a little bit about the protest of the players in St. Louis. I loved it. I loved it. Uh, uh, just uh, 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 an older black man who used to be a young black man who was know what it's like uh, to be threatened by somebody in authority with a gun uh, pointing at you. Been there, done that. Uh, I actually sued the city of Philadelphia 
or something happened like that, very similar to me. Of course, they didn't shoot and kill me, uh, but uh, they detained me for the wrong reasons. I'm a black man in America. All right, Chef Julian, we want to look at this and we want to talk about this. Uh, I believe the 10th team in terms of the strength of these teams in the National Football League is the Cincinnati Bengals. The Cincinnati Bengals really are the Cincinnati Bengals, in your mind, the 10th best team in the National Football League, and why? No, they're, they're flat out not even close to the 10th. I, I think they're below 15. Uh, they're just they're inconsistent. They're very inconsistent. I mean, you go, you're going from losing to to uh, to the uh, Browns to barely uh, beating the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a in a close one. I mean, they are just so inconsistent with their uh, games. But I mean, they've won a few at the same time. They've uh, won three straight, then they lost. Tied, lost, won two straight, lost again, then won three straight. It's just so. It, I mean, they can't consistently win at the same uh, at the same pace. I mean, it's just that inconsistency. I think that's going to haunt them uh, later in the uh, season. Well, okay. Well, let, let, let's look at the number nineteen. The number nineteen is the San Diego Chargers team. The San Diego Chargers team. This, this. When you talk about leadership, being able to look at your leader. And this is what I'm asking from Rex Ryan. To look at your leader, and I don't care what the score is, if there's some time left on the clock, and and there's any way possible that you could possibly win, to the very end of the game, this man believes that he can win. And the San Diego Chargers, I mean, when you look at them and their quarterback and the way they play, the Chargers believe that they could, you know, Phillip Rivers believes he can beat anybody. Now, I, I wouldn't bet, I'd never bet on the Chargers. I just don't. But sometimes they win some games. The meaningful games, they don't win. I can't think of when the last time they've been in the Super Bowl. Hunt. Seriously in the hunt. It's been a long time. But the San Diego Chargers, again, Phillip Rivers, he, makes that t- he takes that team like Rex's shoulders. He carries that team on his shoulders. And they believe in him and he believes in his teammates. He, he has a lot of Tom Brady in him, if you will. What do you think about those San Diego Chargers and Phillip Rivers over there, Chef Julian? Oh, they're playing. They're playing amazing. I mean, they have lost a couple games, but it's not. It's not something that they're getting used to. They are start. They are on a winning formula, and they've been winning uh, constantly. And to be honest, it surprised a few. And uh, especially last game, Philip Rivers uh, had a great performance. He, uh, especially on third down, he was eight and eight for uh, one hundred and fifty-six yards. Uh, on third down, and that's just ridiculous numbers. Uh, just getting a, over 100 yards just on third down is just a ridiculous number that of itself. And we next we move into a team where I, I, I just I don't agree with this, and I just and the reason why I don't agree with this because there was too much on the line. It was too much at stake. Uh, you lost ugly. You lost really bad. You just you looked defeated. And you just didn't represent America, America's team. The Dallas Cowboys at number eight. Really? Is is that way too high for them, Chef Julian? Or are you comfortable with the Dallas Cowboys at number eight? Um, I don't know. I think they're comfortable at number eight. I mean, around eight, nine, or ten. I'd be. I, I put them there. Uh, they definitely just you, you hit it right on the nail. They basically lost their season by losing to the Eagles. They lost their division, definitely, by losing to the Eagles. I don't know about their season, 
they can still make it to the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to uh, win their division after that uh, crucial loss on Thanksgiving. And why do why do we why do we keep the Arizona Cardinals at number seven? The Arizona Cardinals, the last few games have not performed well offensively. The offenses took a vacation. They've already gone on Christmas vacation. In case anybody forgot, if you're looking for the Arizona Cardinals offense, they're on Christmas vacation. I know Larry Fitzgerald, he got hurt, so he didn't necessarily you know, take his vacation early purposely, but he is no longer a part of that team. And they had diminished his role, but yet and still the fact that his, his role has now, he's now taken out of the equation they look decimated, and and Larry Fitzgerald, whether he was a coy, because he still was the most productive receiver they had, not the long touchdowns, but the most catches, certainly. Larry Fitzgerald, the Arizona Cardinals offense, has gone on Christmas break early. Is that acceptable, or is it something else the Arizona Cardinals can and have to do in order for them to stay? Because I definitely don't think the team that I've been seeing, the defense might represent a seventh ranking, but the offense should not be at a number seven. What's your take on that, Chef Julian? I think that uh, Carson Palmer's injury is a lot is showing how important he was to this team. Uh, Drew Stanton, I mean, he can he can win games, but I don't think he can uh, lead them to the playoffs. Their their head coach said that he thinks that he could lead them to the Super Bowl. I think he's pushing it by. Uh, by a lot. <laughs> I think he can uh, lead them to a couple wins, but I don't think he can lead them to to the playoffs or to the Super Bowl, let alone the Super Bowl. And I'm looking at the uh, Indianapolis Colts, and, I, you know, I think I'm going to say this. I'm going to say that their quarterback that they have over there, Andrew Luck, is starting to look a lot to me like Peyton Manning. He's a great regular season quarterback. I'm starting to believe he's taking on the onus of being a new Peyton Manning because I just don't think I could see him going beyond the playoffs. For whatever reason that is, don't see him in the Super Bowl, don't see him in the AFC Championship game, but I see him as that regular season quarterback that does very well. I'm just wondering what Chef Julian feels about that. Um, well, I, to be honest, in, in about three or four years, I could see the uh, Indianapolis Colts in the Super Bowl with Andrew Luck leading them. I could see Andrew Luck raising that Lombardi. Three or four years? Come on, Andrew Luck, three or four years. They were saying Andrew Luck was he's supposed to have been. I mean, we're disappointing his playoff record already. Three or four years? You're telling me we've got to wait three or four years? Football years are like dog years. Three or four years, that's like 10 years. That's like 30 seasons. We, that's a long time. Three or four well, years, got, really? you got to look at it. Peyton Manning didn't win his first uh, ring until maybe eight years into his uh, Peyton Manning was a seventh-round draft pick or something of that nature. He wasn't even expected to, to win. He wasn't expected to play in the National Football League according to the way they drafted him. This guy here was, you know, with the, the first pick of the draft, the second pick of the draft. We can't, we can't compare those two, and not in terms of their draft status. But here's what we got to do. Chef Julian, man, I got to go through it real fast. You've got, of course, number four coming in, the Philadelphia Eagles. What else can we say about the Philadelphia Eagles? Great game. And, if it, you know, I could certainly see the Denver Broncos staying in the position where they are. You know, the New England Patriots, perhaps maybe I might switch something with the, the way the Patriots you know, uh, you know, up against that bad man, Aaron Rodgers, that was a good game. So perhaps maybe they could be one or two because, of course, when the Broncos played against that big, that big bad man, Aaron Rodgers, they didn't do so well. So it rounds off Seattle five, the Eagles four, Broncos three, Patriots two, 
Green Bay number one. That sounds pretty good to me. I'm more concerned about when I look back and I go six through ten. I'm more disappointed in some of those teams. But listen, I thank you for listening to us. You've been listening to Real Sports on the Voice American Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. I'm happy those young men stood up and protested. It's one of those things where, listen, I don't care if you're black, white, green, purple, and blue. You're not supposed to be the judge, the jury, and the executor. That's what courts are for. Those guns you have... You're taught to shoot to kill. You do not have to shoot to kill an unarmed person. I don't care what color they are. I don't care if you don't even shoot a dog to kill. Come on, man. We got to stop this. Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. <laughs>